morning, everyone. This is Andy LeBeau with Commodity Research Group, and I'm joined as usual by Marty Stetzer, the president of EKT Interactive. And today we're going to be talking uh, about the inventories. We're going to be talking about the price. And uh, we're also going to be talking about the Texas Railroad Commission today, Marty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Time to bring it back, Andy. We'll talk about <laughs> right. that later. Right. We'll talk about that later. Um, but let, let's start. And good morning, good morning Marty. Today is uh, December 20th. And... Uh, we're at the end of a long, a long week and a long couple of months in the uh, in the oil patch. It's been uh, one one devastating day after another, seemingly uh, at least on the uh, at least on the price. Must be a terrible time to be a crude trader. Uh, if you're short, it's been good. Oh yeah. If yeah. you're a producer, not so good. Yeah. And uh, if you're a, a refiner, um, okay. Actually, refining refining margins are uh, depending on where your refinery is. Refining margins are are you know they're they're okay, but but let's start as we always do with the the stats from Wednesday um, because they're, today's Friday. We're a little we're not going to talk all that much about it. I, I just have one thing that you know I, 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 to me it's important. You know, we we look at where the price has gone and you look at the inventory situation. And there's a, there's a disconnect. If you look at total stocks uh, divided by demand, which is the measure we call day's supply, it, it's 59.3 days. That's actually three full days uh, below the four-year average. So you, you talk about a glut and you look at total inventories and, and it's not there. Similarly, on crude, the day supply is running behind the four-year average. Total inventories are 442. The four-year average is 433. Um, and day supply are 25 versus 26, the four-year average. So that's low. Gas is long. You know, gasoline's a real problem. And you can see by the uh, what's happened in the price. There, I would say, yeah, inventories are, are too long, uh, 230.1 million versus 224 and a half and that's it's, but nevertheless that's still only half a day over the the uh, four-year average for a day supply and has been the case uh, all along distillates uh, diesel short 120 million four-year average is 139 million day supply is seven full days below the four-year average that's really tight we've been talking about that all year, but you know the market has uh, has shrugged that off. It's basically shrugged all the um, all this inventory data off week after week after after week because the numbers are not nearly as bearish as, as what the the market has done. Amazing, amazing. Uh, it, what's really amazing is if you took a look at what's you know what's happened here. Uh, just since October, looking at diesel um, peaked on October 3rd at 245, and it made the, the year's low today at 173.55. Um, Day's not over yet. Crude is down uh, almost $30. The high was just around $77 on October 3rd, 
and today we trade we trade it down to uh, almost below 45 45 13 is the low so we've basically in 10 weeks lost $30 of uh, value in crude Brent similarly 8674 was the high it's really hard to believe we, we got up there uh, today's low is 5279 on, on the nearby and finally the worst performer by far is uh, our Bob gasoline on the on the NYMEX uh, peaked on uh, May 22nd at 228 today's low 128 uh, which is the, which Whoa. is unbelievable most of these things are working on uh, 14 15 15 month low I think gasoline the, the, the low it's even lower than 14 or 15 month lows I think you know if you look at what what's happened obviously the the main factors in my mind has been the growth in u.s supply the growth what saudi gave us in the in the fourth quarter growth in russian supply and and certainly uh continuing um the, the continuing fears on uh global demand which given where the price is probably is is slowing more than uh than what we think but you know let's and of course the the waivers being uh the waivers being granted to uh to Iranian buyers but let let's start with the growth in U, in US production this year it's going to be 1.5 million barrels a day in uh total US 600,000 of uh natural gas liquids so a total of 2.1 and a lot of that growth has been in the Permian sector of uh, West Texas, which, Marty, it's up a million barrels a day this year. It's just, you know, that's an extraordinary increase in, in uh, production in just one area of, uh, you know, the U.S. Unbelievable efficiencies in drilling, uh, production. It's just been a real innovative time for all those producers, Andy, I think, huh? It, it yeah uh, the, the you know they, they've become way more efficient uh, they get more out of every well one one thing that that I think bears watching as we get down to you know as we get get down to these price levels is there has been some inflation on costs uh, a cost to drill wells in fact uh, costs are probably up ten to fifteen percent this year. Uh, a lot of that is in the steel piping, uh, to the steel piping that to go into a well because of steel costs. Labor costs are up as uh, labor costs are up as well, and sand costs are stabilizing. Uh, but the steel the steel costs have really increased. So uh, some of these break evens are are moving up. You know, it, it, it's hard to uh, Permian break even is probably a, to drill a well is probably anywhere between thirty to sixty, I think, uh, depending on on where it is. So, so we'll have to watch. You know, we'll, we'll have to watch what happens uh, on on these shale fields and whether these low prices are, are uh, going to cause production to grow a little less than than what we thought. Uh, but, you know, maybe we need some government regulations, Marty. Well, Andy, the last time I did some research on the Texas Railroad Commission for our listeners that are new to the industry. Let me just talk about that for a minute. The uh, 
U.S. industry faced a similar crisis when Spindletop came on in the 1930s when uh, crude oil price dropped to 25 cents a barrel. And the producers were basically killing each other to continue to produce maximum volumes. At that time, the Texas Railroad Commission was in place. It was established by the legislature in 1891, is the oldest agency in uh, Texas and is still in business today. And it's still called the Texas Railroad Commission, even though it hasn't uh, regulated the railroads and the freight rates since 2005. Today, it regulates oil and gas, utilities, pipeline safety, LPG, etc. But in the 30s, as I mentioned, the prices uh, plunged to 25 cents a barrel. The world was really at unrest. And uh, generally speaking, the top Texas oil men and the uh, government was worried about, uh, hey, if we're killing each other, what happens if we hit the military needs, uh, needs oil? We need a little more stable type of situation. So the Texas Railroad Commission took over control of production volumes. They called it allowables and uh, did a pretty good job of stabilizing the crude price. Of course, almost like OPEC, the uh, small independents were not crazy about it. The large majors uh, were trying hard to uh, maintain stature since they, of course, got the bigger volumes. But it turned out that the Texas Railroad Commission model uh, stayed in position from the 30s until uh, the, the late 60s, and at one time controlled not only 40% of U.S. production, but at that time without shale plays, etc., that was almost half of the estimated national reserves in the U.S. and became the model for OPEC. It stayed in position until 1973 when, of course, we had the, uh, the crisis in the uh, supply crisis in the U.S. and OPEC uh, really stepped up to, to maintain stability in the production side. Interesting time. That, yeah, that, that is, and here we are, you know, and, and we've been, uh, we've been there again and again over the last, uh, I guess that's 45 years ago, 1973, uh, with, with OPEC having to step in to uh, attempt to uh, regulate the, the production. I think by and large, you know, they've had mixed success and have gone back and forth with, okay, you know, maybe we should just continue to produce at high levels or not, you know, depending on the, uh, you know, depending on the market. We do remember um, in the 90s when they actually set, they were going to try to keep prices between 18 and $22 in the, in the, uh, in a band, which were actually worked for a while. For a while, yeah. For a while, yeah, and then the, then the price just exploded uh, because people weren't making make uh, because producers weren't making the proper investment. And at that time, we didn't have the shale. You know, no. we, uh, we had the the big investments were offshore and and what the producers always call, called we're looking for the elephant discoveries, these large billion barrel discoveries which got fewer and fewer over time. Yeah. And uh, I think, and then of course the, the delay in making those investments, uh, there's always this long lead time on these major investments as everyone knows. And, and then when they come on, you've got to produce because you've got a tremendous amount of capital sunk into that investment. You've got to produce. 
And now, as, as we've talked in previous discussions, uh, the major capital budgets have been cut dramatically uh, in the exploration heavy, heavy, big projects side. So we could be setting ourselves up for another ramp up sometime in, in the, uh, maybe the distant future, but not the, not the far distant future. A ramp up of, uh, a ramp price. up of price. price. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, because demand, I, I know it's slowed down, but it's continuing to grow. And again, we've talked about this in, in previous discussions, but with the decline rate of, of wells, you've got to, You've got to constantly run just to maintain your existing pr production level. You've got to continue to invest. Right. And uh, as we know from just a few years ago when, when prices were down down here, if not lower, we had that there was a decline, a, a serious decline in capital investment, which we thought, right. uh, which we thought would come to roost. 19, uh, 2019 or, or 2020, but shale has been able to, we see such a tremendous increase in shale. So we just, you know, as we were just talking about the Permian and there's growth in the Bakken and Eagleford, you know, and Scoop, we've, we've seen big, big growth this year on, on shale. And more and more pipelines coming into play too, Andy, right? Enabling, yeah. Enabling yeah. folks to bring that crude to market, uh, strengthening of the, uh, the Houston pricing model, number of things that, that look like it's going to continue to the Permian and the shale plays in the U.S. are, are going to be uh, as dominant in global markets as Russia and Saudi Arabia. I, I, think, that, I think that's true. Oh, well, it is true. I mean, we're, we're the biggest producer now, and this doesn't show any signs of, uh, of, that, of that stopping. Although, as we said, maybe the growth next year won't be a million, maybe total U.S growth won't be 1.1 or 1.2, but, you know, well, it, it'll be 0.9 100, you know, 1 million. And we're not going to lose all that much, I don't think. You've, you've seen ups and downs, and, I'm, I'm, and you've got 30 or more years looking at the business. I'm not trying to totally put you on the spot, but is this, is this long-term, medium-term, short-term? What's your, what's your instinct on this current, current price level? My instinct is that well, where we are now at, at 46 or 47, I, I think in, in the short term, that, that's too low. Uh, I, I think that the OPEC cuts coming up uh, beginning first quarter are the OPEC and non-OPEC cuts uh, are going to be enough to balance the market. And, uh, you know, we, we should easily be at, we should be out of this price level. I think sometime in the in the first quarter, and uh, depending on how the depending on how the weather is, uh, you know whether it's a cold if it's a colder than normal winter, that will that will certainly help and maybe help alleviate some of the uh, some of the demand concerns. Of course, the macro has been a you know it's been a big issue given what you know so some slowdown in in China and then fears of uh, slowdown in Western Europe and and in the uh, and the U.S. and of course some of the other uh, risk assets have really come off, uh, and the U.S. stock market's come off. Right. Um, do I think that you know oil's gonna? No, nah, I, I I don't think we're gonna stay long term. I, I think the, the longer term price is gonna be nearer to sixty than uh, than forty. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do think demand is is going to continue to grow. Maybe not as, as 
quite a rapid pace. But Barney, as you very ni very nicely <laughs> outlined, you know, we need to keep we need to keep producing, right? We can't because because uh, we lose three to four percent of crew production every year to the that's depletion, right. if not more than that. More than that in the big plays. That's right. And the older fields, the decline, and the, you know, the shale plays, the decline curves are extremely steep. Right. So uh, it's much, much steeper in the, in the shale plays. So someone described it once as a treadmill. You got to constantly run to stay in the same place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're going to need, you know, down the road, we're going to need this U.S. shale production to continue to, uh, you know, to continue to come through. And, um, you know, we'll, so we'll see if, if U.S. producers are able to, uh, you know, able to keep it going as, as we head in towards, you know, the mid-20s. Well, you mentioned the stock market, and I just watched uh, Wall Street Week last night, and they said usually December is the best month for the market ever. This is the worst <laughs> December since 1931. And, uh, crude, this has got to be the worst month since who knows when. Yeah. Well, so, uh, everybody loves having a, a formula on, on uh, how to invest. And I think one of the classic formulas was just busted in half here with the December stock market decline. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, there's, there's no asset class that's up this year. Uh, crude's going to end up well down on, well down on the year. And it just shows uh, how all of us, you know, all of us, prognosticators got it completely wrong for, for, the, for the fourth quarter. You know, we yeah. were all bullish. Well, we were so, sort of right in that the market got up to, got up to where, it, you know, to the eight, mid eighties Brent and high, this high seventies WTI. But I, I don't think any of us, any of us could have predicted that it would be down here into the forties and low fifties for, uh, for Brent. Right. Now a couple of things that look like uh, shoe-ins, you know, the Iranian sanctions, et cetera. All the big things that, that fore, uh, foretailed a, a tight market, none of them came through as anticipated. Right. None of them came through. Yeah. And I think that what we saw, uh, we saw production gains way more than forecasts and demand probably, probably much lower than, than forecasts judging where the, where the price is right now. The other thing is, you know, there was a lot of pre, there was a lot of anticipatory demand prior to the sanctions going into effect in November. So you probably did see a big surge in August, September, and October. Uh, well, August and September, which led to that big, it led to the big price increase. And then you're in November, de December, you've already bought. So demand, you know, has dropped dead. But I, I think it'll be back in, in uh, January and February as people, you know, their inventories have been worked off. Good, good. All right. I think we're coming to the end. I think we are, the end of the year and the end of the podcast. The end of the podcast, the end of the year. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure, as you do, Marty, we wish everybody a happy holidays and a happy new year. And, um, you know, if you're interested in uh, – Hearing more of learning more about the oil markets, you have the Commodity Research Group. Uh, our website is www.commodityresearchgroup.com, and feel free to 
reach out to us on our brand new website, thanks to uh, EKT. So thank you very much for uh, helping us with that, Marty. You're and if you're also interested in learning about the oil markets, one of the great, uh, the oil markets and uh, upstream and downstream, one of the great teachers in the oil markets is on this podcast with me, Marty Stetzer. And uh, I urge you to get, to get hold of Marty if you want to learn more. Well, thank you very much, Andy. I really enjoyed uh, working with you this year. I'm sure next year will be as exciting and uh, look forward to doing it with you. And uh, for all our listeners, uh, who, if you'd like to learn more about the industry, especially if you're new to it, take a look at our website, www.ektinteractive.com. And uh, we cover upstream, midstream, and downstream in a mobile-ready uh, format. You can actually listen to it while you're driving to work or watch it on your phone. Again, Andy, thanks very much. Uh, enjoyed working with you, and you have a happy holiday. And give my best to everyone else at CRG. You too, Marty. Thanks. 